This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on insurance. I am an attorney who is retired from the practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant or expert witness, an author, and producer of these videos. Today, I'd like to talk about the lost or destroyed policy of insurance. Insurance claims often arise long after the expiration of a policy that may still be required to provide defense and indemnity to the insured. The proof of such policies has created a new and unique profession called insurance archaeology. If damage first occurred many years after expiration or cancellation of a policy, and the policy is lost or destroyed, the insured can still prove its existence and its contents through an unsigned copy or by oral evidence. In Chatham versus Occidental Life Insurance Company of California, a 1963 case out of Mississippi, the court quoted with approval the general, well-established rule that a policy of insurance may be canceled at any time before loss by agreement between the parties, and that such cancellation may be by consent of the parties, express or implied, from the circumstances independently of the terms of the policy. When the insurance contract was effectively canceled by agreement of the parties voluntarily and knowingly done, when the lost policy cancellation release was signed and executed. In Fulton versus American Motors, a New York case uh, from 2011, the court observed that the clear and convincing standards seemed appropriate to establish a lost policy, but declined to explicitly adopt a position on the issue at summary judgment. The issue of which standard applies is immaterial because plaintiff could not meet either standard. Other courts have done roughly the same. According to most state courts that have ruled on the issue, policyholders liable for environmental damage are entitled to insurance coverage not only under the policy that was in effect, at the time when damage was first discovered, but also under every policy in effect during the often decades-long period when damage was silently occurring. Thus, if environmental damage occurred over a long period of time, a municipality or any other party deemed liable for the pollution may be entitled to coverage for both defense and indemnity under multiple, even scores, of insurance policies. The problem is, most people destroy insurance policies after they expire or keep them for one, two, three, or five years. If more than five years has gone by, most people will not have copies of their policies. So when a putative insured failed to establish the terms and conditions of the lost policy by even a preponderance of the evidence, it failed to establish coverage. 
in Servants of Paraclete versus Great American, a 1994 decision, the court found a letter from the insurer acknowledging issuance of a policy, testimony of the insurer's business analyst about the type of policy issued to the plaintiff, testimony by an underwriter about the usual form of liability policies used at the time the loss policy was issued, written evidence of the exact premium paid, and at least two of the insurer's specimen policies considered together were sufficient to defeat the insurer's motion for summary judgment. This was from Dart Industries versus Commercial Union, a 2000 decision of the California Court of Appeal. Proof by secondary evidence is appropriate unless the policy was destroyed in bad faith. In a case heard by the Supreme Court of Ohio, Sharonville versus American Employers, Northeast Insurance Company refused to defend the city of Sharonville for the period of September 1980 through September 1981 because Sharonville had not been able to locate its policy for that period. The party stipulated that a policy existed for the year before. Affidavits for Sharonville supported that coverage was in effect for the year at issue, and documents were provided for a prior unrelated suit during the disputed coverage term. The court concluded that, quote, the appellate court accurately determined that Sharonville presented sufficient evidence to establish the relevant contents of the missing insurance policy. On an application for liability insurance filed by the Sharonville Police Department sometime in 1981, James Darlin, the Sharonville Safety and Service Director, stated that the city's present insurer was Northeast and listed the policy with its disputed policy number as expiring September 16, 1981. Darlin's May 5, 2003 affidavit stated that in filling out that application, he got his information from the city's insurance files that to the best of his recollection, the city was insured by Northeast from September 16, 1980 through September 16, 1981, and that the city was continuously insured by Northeast with law enforcement liability insurance from September 16, 1979 to September 16, 1981, close quote. The court recognized that one seeking to recover on an insurance policy generally has the burden of proving a loss demonstrating coverage under a policy. Since there was no evidence of bad faith, the court concluded there was enough to hold the insurer to the lost policy. Occurrence-based insurance policies live as long as the liabilities that were triggered during the policy period and can provide policyholders with coverage for litigation even decades after they've disappeared or expired or were canceled. 
In fact, old occurrence policies can be more valuable than current policies because they have fewer exclusions and sometimes contain no aggregate limits. Organizations with significant exposure to long-tail liabilities, including asbestos, environmental, or product liability claims, are likely to need the services of an insurance archaeologist. Where the term insurance archaeology has come to denote not only recovery efforts for specific loss policies, but also broad based projects to reconstruct and organize historic insurance portfolio. Many organizations have found that managing insurance assets requires constant updating and maintenance. The policyholder that has quick access to its entire insurance portfolio is prepared for the predictably unpredictable challenges of the 21st century. Whether the challenge is notifying dozens of insurers who insured the insured over several decades of toxic tort litigation, or environmental actions dealing with competing claims for the same policy limits from former subsidiaries, or enhancing sale value in a merger or real estate transaction, the return on investment from continually updating a historic insurance audit is useful and can be essential to an entity that has existed for a long time or merged with long-lived businesses. Millions of dollars worth of coverage will be preserved and at the ready in the event of a claim or loss. The standard of proof required to establish the material terms and limits of a loss policy is also preponderance of the evidence. Consider Fireman's Fund versus Ed Naimi, a uh, 2005 decision out of the District of Oregon. The court found admittedly thin evidence sufficient to establish purchase of umbrella coverage and addition of subsequent purchase properties as acquired. Insureds have the burden of proof on the existence and terms of a loss policy. If insureds present evidence of policy limits, the insurer has the burden then of proving a different policy limit or exclusions to coverage apply. The level of proof required to prove the existence of a lost policy is often in dispute. A district court held that the existence, execution, delivery, and contents of a lost policy must be proved by clear and convincing evidence in the state of New York. This standard was rejected later by the New York County Supreme Court, and the court adopted a preponderance of the evidence standard in lost policy cases. When an insurance policy is lost or destroyed, its contents may be proved through an unsigned comp copy or by oral evidence. The party seeking coverage bears the burden of proving the existence of the policy as well as its material terms. With regard to material terms, 
the California Insurance Code Section 381 provides that an insurance policy must specify the parties between whom the contract is made, the property or life insured, the interest of the insured in the property insured if he is not the absolute owner thereof, the risks insured against, the period during which the insurance is to continue, either a statement of the premium or if the insurance is of a character, the exact premium is only determinable upon the termination of the contract, a statement of the basis and rates upon which the final premium is to be determined and paid. So, even if a claim is made for a tort that occurred half a century ago, if the insured can prove that a policy existed on an occurrence basis, they can obtain defense and indemnity from that insurer who had laid back for 50 years thinking they had no problem with that policy and must pay up to defend and indemnify the insured if the policy provided coverage for the liability claimed. This video was adapted from my book, Zelma on Insurance Claims, Part 108, Second Edition, and is available as both a Kindle book and as a paperback from Amazon.com. It can also be found in more detail from my website, Zalma.com, by clicking on the Insurance Claims Library link. If you found this video to be useful to yourself, please convey it to your colleagues. It's free. And please subscribe to my YouTube channel and my Rumble channel, as well as to my blog so you can learn about future videos. Thank you again for your attention.